0: Hello and welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange gaming podcast where we connect industry leaders to discuss experiences, challenges and successes in the gaming industry. I'm Adam, your host for today, and I'm joined by Ingvil Hopen, Carolina Kuti and Mette Janssen to discuss creating a story through art. Before we jump into that topic, let's work our way around the room with some introductions of who you are and what you do. So Ingvil, do you want to kick us off?
1: Sure. Uh, Hi everybody, I'm uh, Yngvill and I run a small studio called Henschmack out of Bergen. It's a really, really wet uh, city, but a really nice one as well. Um, So we made uh, a game called PODE a few years ago, which is our biggest project. And we've done a couple of small ones as well. And currently we're working on a project that's really heavy on storytelling through uh, visuals. uh,
0: Carolina? Yes. Um,
2: my name is Karolina Kuutti. I'm a narrative designer and communication manager at quicksand Interactive, which is a Helsinki-based company in Finland. Uh, I have been with the company for three and a half years now, and we have previously worked on social platform games in Facebook uh, and such, and now we, uh, in this year, we just released our second Web3 game, and that's currently path we are on my educational background is in film and tv I have previous experience also in production side but nowadays i divide my time between communication and narrative design but in my free time i also write a lot i have started five uh, book ideas never really
3: actually tackling in them so maybe (laughs) maybe someday
0: awesome and finally but not least meta
3: Yeah, hello. Uh, My name is Matthew and I work for Bible X, uh, which is a small gaming studio located outside of um, Oslo. And I've been with the studio for the past two and a half years. It's only existed in that time as well. And that was also my introduction to the game industry. Actually, I came from um, Art Direction in advertising. Uh, So this was a completely new world to me, but it's been really, really fun and uh, learned a lot from working with
0: this game. Great to hear those uh, introductions there about how you've changed from uh, industries into the gaming industry. So I guess um, let's go to your first question, Ingvill.
1: Yeah. um, So I was thinking I want to start just like all the way at the beginning. Uh, And I'm very interested in hearing how do you start developing a visual style or visual uh, direction or theme and how do you choose which art style to go with um, and particularly in the context of uh, narrative through visuals uh, and kind of making sure that the, the style you develop and the visual uh, uh, expression you develop kind of uh, help uh, the
0: story and the narrative absolutely so uh, meta carolina which one of you wants to go first on that one
3: yeah, looks like yeah. is yeah. <laughs> sending it on to me. Uh, um, yeah, yes, yeah, take it away. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, it's a it's a really good question. It's um it's always uh, the hard part like developing developing the visual direction. Um, like for me, or like for uh, my experience with it, would be to identify uh, like the target group that you have and what kind of style that they're into and be interested in and what would like capture their attention. Uh, but also something that would uh, match the genre and the historical aspect of the theme that you have for the for the game. And um, yeah, so if you have like if you like like us have to like achieve some historical accuracy as well, you have to like figure out how to do both. But I think um, if you want younger, especially younger ones, to play the game, it has to be something that they like and. Uh, a style that they're interesting maybe some trends that's going on and some new new styles i don't know yeah
2: yeah yeah actually i i had just the same idea as meta here uh i would say that the most important thing is to in 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 my aspect as a narrative designer of course is to define that what is your target audience are you making the game for the battle game players or the RPG lovers or the casual players. So I think that's once you settled on your target audience, it's good to set the base there. But usually when I start designing the narrative itself, it starts with the research. Uh, That's the very vital tool also for me to draw inspiration for that. It can be from the movies or the social media videos or the other games. And once I've gathered gathered the all, all of my ideas in the thousands of post-its, I usually try to sort of paint the idea with, with my text so that my idea would go to the, my team, for example, the art director, artist, programmers, designers. So once we together know what the idea so we can turn, it, turn those ideas and turn it into the final product for the players to see and experience. And I would say that also like Meta said that setting up the theme itself that is, it, are, are we working for the sci-fi uh, galactic adventure so that could be very limiting idea for the game but it also can open a whole new aspects for, for example, character design.
0: Absolutely. I guess uh, a question coming out of that from you guys' answers there is like, how long roughly does it uh, take for each of you to kind of settle on a, uh, a style? Or is there sometimes like a back burner uh, style that you think, oh, maybe this could be uh, something to fall back on, maybe? I guess we'll start with Ingvill there. You got your hand Yeah,
1: up. I, can, I can. Well, first of it's. I think it's interesting to kind of uh, that approach and one of the reasons I asked my question was uh, uh, the the kind of thing well starting off a project I, I feel like it's often you have this kind of same feeling as an artist uh, kind of putting that first line on the, the blank sheet of paper um, uh, and it's nice to find, kind of have something to start off with so I think it's interesting that you both start with the kind of a uh, 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 target audience uh, there. but For me, it's often the other way around. It's kind of, I start with, uh, often start with a story and a visual idea, and then I kind of try to figure out how to make that work for a target audience. So, so it's just kind of the opposite way. Um, uh, sorry, I went off on a tangent. Now, uh, what was the question again, Adam?
0: I was just wondering, like, uh, how long it takes you guys roughly to, um, you know, go from a visual style, like, settle on one, uh, yeah, if you've yeah. got multiple or just the one?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So what I wanted to say there is I often come into a project with uh, a rough idea in my head. Um, and uh, when I do that, I often think that this is going gonna, gonna to be kind of a quick process. Uh, it's something that I'm going to land on quite early. And then I often discover that it's the opposite. When I do come in with an idea, it takes longer to actually to actually kind of figure out how to make it work than going into a project, uh, starting with uh, uh, the story and the gameplay, and then suddenly it just like clicks uh, uh, as to, to how it needs to look to make that work. So, so it's, it can take like, uh, it can be like one of the things that uh, will be uh, ready uh, first, uh, and it can also be sometimes the thing that kind of, uh, doesn't get like it doesn't really land until you're almost
0: done with the project so. yeah. uh, Would you put your hand up there Meta?
3: Yeah I just have to say that it sounds very um, uh, like Ingrid said that you can actually create a, a game based on some art ideas that sounds really fun that like, you actually had the opportunity to have some cool designs and some like a story that you want to tell you don't really know the story yet but you just have like some art that has some Sorry, it sounds like a really fun way of also working with games. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a way okay. to kind of
1: just explore while you're working.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and it's also kind of having that that feeling of, like, the process being fun and fulfilling as well, and not just a a job or a task that needs to be done. So you have that kind of explorative approach all the way through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Nice. I think, uh, yeah, with Meta, your, uh, your game, you kind of have the, uh, the story kind of panned out, so to speak. Uh, don't you?
3: So sorry. Yeah. So in terms
0: of like the game with the Bible X, it's kind of like you sort of know the uh, gist of it, and then it's like building on top of that, uh, yeah. and developing a style over it.
3: Yeah, we actually have like uh, it's like a two-sided thing because we have the the very very set like biblical theme that is like a based on the Bible. Like everyone has their opinion about how what it looks like, and you just have to like uh, make a, a lot of research finding out what people have like trying to figure out like you don't have any like actual facts on especially how things looked. Um, but then again we have that futuristic part where we create this future scenario where we are very very like free to do whatever you want and have like um, uh, robots and flying drones and, and time machines and all that kind of stuff so that's kind of like fun because you can just add like designing that freely. but it's also really like challenging and fun to design the game. Accurate and also make it beautiful and make it authentic to how it was, so that people actually experience um, the Bible and the stories together in a in a in a good and beautiful way. I think.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Ingvild. Yeah, I was
1: just uh, uh, wondering how how it is to kind of because I I suppose there will be a lot of people that are going to have really strong opinions about how things are supposed to look, both like. History buffs and also people who are kind of more uh, uh, who love the story, right? Uh, so how do you kind of uh, uh, approach that challenge?
3: Oh, that's a good uh, good way of putting it as a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's been really interesting because, um, well, as you say, there is a lot of opinions, even like down to where the temple was in in Jerusalem and and where it was set and yeah, all kind of things, but. Uh, we've just like decided on following like what we find most um, accurate, like all the research that like fits together, and we've just like we have to like make a decision and say that that's what we go for, and these are our sources, like this is where it came from, and also especially when it comes to like the look of the game and how we try to make it like really high quality art as well, and uh, and deciding on a style of look on that that part to have people experience the stories as real as we possibly can but it's it's definitely a challenge and people have opinions about it but so far it's been uh, mostly a good good feedback on it
0: absolutely and uh, I just want to come over to you uh, Caroline because we've not spoke to you in a little bit uh, about you know the same sort of uh, question I posed to, to Ingvall in terms of how long it kind of takes you to settle on a, a style in the game
2: Mm, yeah, of course, it depends on the projects for me. But yeah, I I don't know. Can I add anything new for now?
0: No, that's fine. If if it's the sort of the same thing we've discussed, that's perfectly yeah. fine. Uh, does anyone have any uh, final like comments they want to make on uh, Ingvald's initial question?
3: No. No. I think the word, the key, the key word is research.
0: <laughs> yep, <laughs> absolutely. And target yeah. audiences, it seems as well.
3: Yeah. yeah,
0: Identifying them early on. Awesome, so uh, Carolina, do you want to pose your question?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, my question was, does your narrative vision draw inspiration from your game art or other way around? And which one do you think works better? And I have sort of a long description here. But this is sort of a trick question, more like uh, which came first, chicken or an egg? <laughs> uh, as for me, I've been doing narrative design in loads of different projects, uh, but I think they all have been unique in their own way. In some cases, the narrative de- idea is first aspect that starts the whole project and the other ele- elements just pile up on that and rebuild the game. But in some cases, the game idea is based on some existing idea and everything else is already being set up, for example, concepts or the world itself. And my job is there to gather up the existing material and create something new out of something old. I personally have, do not have preference on which way I like better, but I would just want to know, do you have experience in, in this sort of situation and which one do you think?
0: I think we'll uh, go to uh, to matter on this one first.
3: Yeah, um, it's a really good question. Actually, I, I really like that one because um, uh, well, our narrative is very defined in a way. Like we have the Bible as our driving forces, so the narrative vision is definitely the the driving force for how we create the game. Um, like we have the scripts, we have the places, we have the stories. There are people. And uh, we have to draw our inspiration from that. And um, yeah, it's also like like we talked about, it's set in a period of time. And so we have to also steer the direction of the style in that way, say the start of the game. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really, um, you can't really be too creative about it. <laughs> so therefore, sorry.
0: I was just going to check the uh, about you know the aspects of time travel in it. Uh, yeah. I guess is that's like sort of like a micro narrative. Uh, yeah. yeah. So how did you get on, on the visual style for that?
3: Oh, that was uh uh yeah. How did we get into that? I was actually it just like came came along. Like we did a lot of like research and just had fun with uh, just designing things. But we also had like the the narrative done before we did the art for that as well. But we did a lot of like research and had like the, the concept art and the concept uh, research boards, like all the inspirational art that we could find uh, for it. So that kind of and also the story actually kind of developed as we made the art, because then you see opportunities and possibilities for things to happen, especially in that in that um, futuristic part of our game, because we have more space or like we are able to do more uh, adjustments to the stories
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, i can imagine seeing like the concepts uh, from the artists and thinking well that's a cool bit of that part of the drawing can we expand on uh, the story there
3: <laughs> exactly exactly I guess. it has been it has, it has to actually been like that we've expanded that part and also like our feedback from we had a a beta test earlier this year for like 5000 youth tested our game and they came back with uh, like we need more of that futuristic world as well more stories put into that part because obviously that's like something new like most people know the bible and uh, so you can't really put any like cliffhangers or uh, like <laughs> you can't really do anything like too yeah much changes to it but there's possibilities in the future <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Uh, I guess we'll go to uh, Ingvill then. Uh, what are your thoughts on Carlina's question?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I, that's pretty much the opposite, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess, especially for the project that we're working on now, which was kind of, um, uh, it's it's something that, it's a story that comes from uh, some very personal experiences, but it's really because of some paintings that were painted. Uh, um with those experiences in mind that the kind of the world, uh, that we're building was started to take shape. Um, but I do think that, uh, it's, it's really important for the, the visual design to kind of accentuate, uh, the narrative. It needs to be there to kind of, uh, um, to help the narrative, uh, be communicated. And, uh, per- I'm personally, I'm very, I'm very, uh, interested in, non-verbal storytelling. So for me, it's always kind of a, 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 a important to figure out how I can communicate the story through the art and the music. Um, but yeah, but they, they do bleed into each other. It's like you say, sometimes so you, you you discover something in the, the uh, uh, kind of visual exploration that c- drives the story forward as well. and And, uh, and, and you kind of change the story Based on something that uh, the concept artists do, um, so so yeah, it's a lot of back and forward, but it's uh, mainly I think it's it's the most important job for the visual design is to to drive the story forward and to help kind of communicate emotion and and story points.
3: Mm-hmm. Did uh, you try the Did you try the, the the game called Journey?
1: Oh yeah, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, it's a really yeah, yeah. good one. <laughs> it, it's
3: good
1: yeah.
2: It's it's very good that you both have different answers. So that that's why my, my whole question came together as we <laughs> have the different answers. But yeah, actually, I really like Ingmar, your answer on it's, it's the most biggest rule of the writing. Show not tell. Oh, my God, I forgot it. Uh, <laughs> show not tell. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. You cannot put the words in front of the player that this is must, what you must feel now, but instead of show it through art, show it through a different design and for yeah. the character to get those emotions out of the player. So, yeah, that's a very yeah. good answer. And mm.
1: it's also, I think it's also something that uh, it, 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 it's a more challenging way to write when what you write is, uh, is is supposed to be communicated through the visual, but I think it's a really interesting way to work as well. Uh, kind of yeah. working with uh, with the visuals and uh, and uh, writing at the same time, and just like figuring out how to bring how how do you get people to feel something with all of
3: these tools that we have? Yeah, definitely.
0: Absolutely. I have a uh, question off the back of that sort of in sort of the uh, the show don't tell uh, side of things for, for Meta, actually, um, in mm-hmm. terms of like from what I gather, it sounds like it's a very uh, narrative driven, uh, you know, story with a lot of vocals in there. Um, I was just wondering in like, uh, you know, the historical place and setting is the much graffiti and stuff that's like from people you don't see. That's kind of like a bit of world building there.
3: Graffiti, like I mean, in the future,
0: you, in the no, no, in the in the past, because sometimes they do like people, uh, archaeologists, like dig up uh, like Roman uh, graffiti. Sometimes so I just wondered if that's in the game at all.
3: Oh, that's actually, uh, I'll write that down. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. I actually do have some like some deep dungeons uh, where we like put a lot of like historical things into it. but I haven't done any graffiti yet, but we should definitely. I have some messages on the walls. <laughs> <Yeah>. You
2: need <laughs> to happened. add, add in mean the uh, ending credits.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I happen to be a, a creditors like brainstormer for uh, yeah. stuff like that.
3: <laughs> that's actually good.
0: Awesome. So yeah. has anyone got any uh, final points to make on Carolina's question there at all? Hmm. Ooh, that's yeah. fine. Awesome. So I guess uh, we'll move over finally to uh, Meta's question.
3: Yeah, so mine was uh, short and simple, but I had some like it came from a place of uh, need for my, <laughs> my own sake. <laughs> it's like when you work in a small indie team and you have a vision for your game that is like you want to make it v- beautiful and you want to make a game that is beautiful to play, um, and as well as fun and educational, of course. And um, when you have that art benchmark or art standard you want to achieve and then you realize all the big guys have like 500 billion budgets and 800 people working uh so i just um, want to know your experiences with being realistic about that because i feel like what we've seen uh, from especially maybe especially from christian indie games is that it lacks a lot on the art side and um I just want to like—is it even possible to achieve uh, that standard that we want with such a small team and budget? And if you have any experiences with that, with that,
0: yeah, as an outsider, I have an opinion on this, but I'll uh, go to uh, Caroline <laughs> first on this one. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, actually, that's a very good question, and I, uh, we at quickserve we when, when I started there, we were a team of six. And now it's been two or twelve, and eventually growing and growing. But it's a it's it's a fact that uh, small game companies, startup companies, are competing with these giant game industries that are building and making money every second. But mm-hmm. I, again, I would have to say that being realistic, that you even the, even for the small company, even for the big gaming company, you both have the target audience to please and I would say that is the again my answer in there but in in my when I start writing I usually have to ask myself that of course that who is it who is going to be experiencing my experience in my work and for example just when I'm writing a home and when I'm solely writing for myself it's, it's for my entertainment but of course you have to uh, as a game so you have to really think about the final product and what our players thinking and are they entertained? And I think uh, that's the key element when writing the game world and plot and character design, for example. And you have to stay true to your audience, you have to stay true to your core idea and you have to keep its consistency that you cannot go with fantasy game and end up with the whole different set and there's like a small bit of every theme in there but yeah yeah, you really have to create that something unique and special from your artistic perspective because that will separate you from the other companies. Absolutely.
0: Uh, Ingvill.
1: Yeah uh, it it is a very good question and again uh, like Colin said it's, it's something that when you have a small team it's like constantly there it's something you have constantly have to think about. Um, f- for me, I think it's a lot, about you have to you have to think about about scope uh, and how your game is, what kind of game you're making, I guess. So you have like if you have if you have a game that uh, is going to need a lot of different assets, uh, you obviously co- won't be able to spend as much time on each asset as if you create a game that uh, will need very few assets. Uh, so so there's kind of this constant pull between uh, like s- spending spending a lot of time on it doing a lot of detailed work uh, or just getting getting stuff done quickly and and get all the things you need into your game right mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's it's uh, it's um, it often comes down to like stylization. Uh, so if you do have a very small game with very few assets, you you will, you can with a small team you can create something quite photorealistic with a lot of detail and all of that stuff. But if you have to mm-hmm. make something bigger, I think it's important to think about how you can uh, stylize uh, your uh, visual design in a way that kind of will still work with the story and work with uh, the kind of the world that you're creating. And, and I mean, like stylized doesn't need to be, need to mean to I, I think a lot of people think of to me when they hear stylized, but stylized can, can mean a whole lot of things. And, and I also think that quite stylized uh, games can get away with a lot uh, by using just like lighting and atmosphere in the right way as well. Um, and one thing that we did for for Pode when we made that, so we were we spent three years making that game, and we, for most of that time we were a team of about four people. Uh, so it's quite a big project uh, mm-hmm. for that small team. Uh, but what we did was that we we made sure that we could reuse every single asset that we made in every single uh, level of the game with just some some minor like texture changes and stuff like that. So so thinking kind of in a modular way, I think is very Good way to to be able to create a lot uh, in in a short amount of time as well.
3: Yeah.
0: Meta, well, nice. what are your what are your thoughts on the, those two answers
3: there? I think it's it's uh, it's great. Um, thanks. Uh, I've taken down some notes, so it's <laughs> like <laughs> we've put ourselves in a very difficult situation when we have <laughs> an open world biblical game. We actually make it one to one as well. So that when you run around in Israel, and anyway, we in Jerusalem, it's actually like true to the size and it's an open world and it's like in a time where everything is dusty and messy and you have all these things laying around so <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a challenge but the, the reusing of assets and and uh, merging things together and um, as few as possible uh um uh,
1: so uh oh sorry for interrupting
3: no no that's fine
1: uh i mean there are a lot of nice assets that you can buy uh, yeah that you can make like minor changes to as well. And that's something that we've done for both our projects. Just like find something that works with the idea and then we build on that as well. So that becomes the basis of some of the kind of expanded assets that we make.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we had had to do that as well because that also kind of steered our style in a way because you had to make that fit as well because you don't have time to make and design everything. And then you have to make, everything you design and make fit with everything you don't design yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah thanks so much Adam you had some
0: yeah had? yeah it's a little bit there because uh, it kind of comes from um you like sort of uh, you know, question about, uh, is it possible for indie companies to produce something beautiful? Uh, and I think it leans on uh, what Ingle said about uh, like lighting and atmosphere. Uh, absolutely. I mean, if you think of uh, three uh, games that come to mind, uh, one is uh, Cuphead, uh, made by two people in, in Canada, massively successful uh, Limbo, uh, especially with the lighting side of things and atmosphere. And I think the most uh, you know successful game ever uh, is Minecraft. Made by one person, mm-hmm. uh, you can't get more indie than that. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> and that's you know captivated uh, the world in terms of its style uh, there. So I think yeah. uh, as a bonus question, it's absolutely possible for uh, for indie games to yeah. to make a beautiful game.
3: That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Thanks.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's 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 really a, a kind of just an issue of. of tapping into the skills that your artists have and, and making sure that they have an environment where they can kind of uh, bring all of their skills to the table and, and do what they do best. So so being good at managing kind of the expectations that are put on the artists. I
2: think. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. and actually every every artist, every writer, every designer has their own views. So there cannot be to in like very same games like that are built sort of uh, from the same tree that I think yeah if one person can do it and it has a lot of unique ideas and it will be one of the most popular games in the world. And also yeah.
1: I think something that people don't talk enough about is like when people do something they love it, it usually becomes something yes. uh, and I think uh, like if you if you look at like people who try to copy something because it's popular it often becomes a bad copy of that thing but kind of allowing yourselves to to uh uh, to do something that you really want to do and to explore the the kind of directions the visual directions that you would like to explore I think that's uh, and that can be done in like in any setting I mean you can I'm I'm pretty sure you could you could make like a super sci-fi futuristic game uh, in like a line art, uh, like 18th century style kind of uh, <laughs> visual style. And it would still work as long as you kind of take the time to to, to figure out how to make it work.
3: Yeah, um, you have to own it. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your-
0: well, uh, I don't think it's uh, not quite 18th century, but I think uh, was it was the Bat Shark. Um, I know it's AAA, uh, but uh, <laughs> Dark Tide recently, obviously with the Warhammer 40k series, a lot of it is quite um, you know Victorian or uh, Gothic, very old school styles that are merged with the sci-fi essence. Mm-hmm. So I, d- I think mm-hmm. definitely you can merge things <laughs> as long as yeah, you put the time so into I it.
1: I think often that that kind of makes the most interesting games.
3: Yeah. I agree. You have to have the passion and the I've experienced that with our team as well like when you, everyone's like have, are passionate about what we're doing then that makes makes up for a lot of of lacking of uh, people. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that could be like the biggest success stories in the games compared from the film industry that every Everyone usually in the game industry is doing this for a passion. It makes this industry a very competitive one. but I think that's also the reason why the products are so hooked and, mm-hmm. uh, and the players are keep keep playing those games year yeah. after year. Yeah.
3: Good point.
0: Absolutely, and I think uh, yeah, people come back to games after a, a few years uh, after they've played it so much they get mm-hmm. sick of it, and then they come back to it because it is uh, at the end of the day, you know, you can tell when something uh, love's been put into something. Uh, and now I've said that I'm thinking of the uh, the plot line of SpongeBob putting love into Krabby Patties.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, absolutely. That's just one person or okay. one sponge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I was just wondering, has anyone got any uh, final questions or uh, points they want to raise? from earlier in the, uh, the podcast fine if not <laughs> <laughs> well if that's everything uh it's been some brilliant answers and points been made today by the three of you so if that's uh, everything guys uh, i guess we'll leave it there and this has been the evolution exchange gaming podcast and i want to take this time to thank ingville carolina and meta for providing your insight into the topic and uh, thank you for listening at home i've enjoyed it myself being here and i can't wait for you guys to hear it too at home so if you'd like to get involved with one of our upcoming podcasts, reach out to me on LinkedIn or via email at adam.miller-betridge at evolution-nordics.com. See you next time.